We'll be in the book of Revelation to, tonight, chapter 12. And uh, when I introduce this guy, he, know, he needs no introduction. Everybody knows who he is. But this is Jimmy Harris. For the sake of those that's watching on live stream, he's the pastor of the First Baptist Church in Galena. Amen. Amen. And I appreciate you, buddy. You're an awesome man. I love you guys. Hey, what a blessing it is. And we'll be looking at some things in the book of Revelation. And, and uh, the Lord's going to touch your heart. We're going to learn. How many want to learn some stuff tonight? Yeah. Amen. Praise God. All right. Jimmy will be seated and we'll just uh, open up our Bibles to the book of Revelation. And while you're turning to chapter 12, I want to mix you up a little bit. I'm good at that. <laughs> I want to scramble your brain a little bit, okay? The first chapter of Revelation is Jesus resurrected. He's standing in the midst of the uh, candlesticks to the church. He's that resurrected Son of God. He also is the first begotten from the dead. For he rose again in a glorified body, the first to rise again in a glorified body. We'll bring that up a little later on. Chapter two and three is the church on planet earth. I mean, we'd agree we're still on planet earth. Chapter two and chapter three is the church in planet earth. And then chapter four and chapter five is the church in heaven. Chapter six is the beginning of the 70th week of Daniel, that one week covenant, which is seven years when the Antichrist rides out on the white horse in the breaking of the first seal in Revelation chapter 6. Now, to confuse you a little bit, and I, I really don't want to do this, but I feel like I need to challenge you a little bit. There are those that believe, and I don't believe this, but there are those that believe that the book of uh, Revelation chapter 12 is actually the beginning of another part of Revelation. In other words, it repeats itself. The, uh, chapter 6, 7, 8, 9, and 10, and 11 is the first, tells us what's going to happen. Then chapter 12 is the beginning of the birth of Christ again, and then it goes up to chapter 19, uh, Jesus returned to earth. So I don't, I don't hold to that belief, but you'll probably get, meet someone that you'll think, cuckoo, cuckoo, you know. You'll probably meet someone that's going to say, now wait a minute, the first part of Revelation is chapter um, 6 through uh, 11, and then you go to the last part of Revelation, chapter 12 through chapter 18, and then you pick it up again in uh, Revelation chapter 19. Just throw that out at you. Uh, let me clarify something. The 12th chapter of Revelation is a parenthetical chapter, and by that, in chapter 12, you find the birth of Jesus Christ, you find the attack of Jesus Christ by Herod the Great. You find the attack of, of the anti-Semitism against Israel, the people of God, in this uh, first part of chapter uh, 12. You also see the fall of Lucifer. Uh, it talks about, chapter 12 talks about the past, present, and future. So it's a parenthetical chapter. It takes in the past, present, and future. Because it takes in the past, it refers to the birth of the man-child, the birth of Jesus Christ. And so uh, we're going we're gonna to begin. I, I want to read a little bit before we start, Jimmy, and then we'll, we'll kick in. Uh, I, I do want to talk about Jesus being the first begotten from the dead. I, I want to talk about that Jesus was born of a virgin Mary. He came into this world born as man, son of man, to the virgin womb of Mary. He went to a virgin tomb. And he was born of a virgin Mary into this world. And he went to the tomb after being crucified. And he was birthed again out of a virgin tomb into a glorified body. Jesus being glorified. So uh, he's called the first begotten of the dead. Let me read that real fast, and then we'll get started here with Jimmy. Um, that verse 5 talks about, and from Jesus Christ, who is, this is chapter 1, who is the faithful witness, the first begotten of the dead. Now, begotten means born again. Not really born again, but born. 
And he's a prince of the kings of the earth. Unto him that loved us, washed us from our sins in his own blood. So we find here that Jesus went to a virgin tomb. You say, where does the Bible say it was a virgin tomb? In John chapter 19, verse 41 and 42, it says, never a man had been laid in that tomb. So he was put in a virgin tomb, and he came out in a glorified body. So in many ways, he was birthed into this world uh, through the Virgin Mary, and then he was birthed out of this world into heavenly places from the tomb, from a virgin tomb. Yes. Awesome. Isn't Amen. that awesome? Amen. Amen. That's good. Uh, chapter 12. Uh, and there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of 12 stars. And she being with a child cried, travailing in birth, and pain to be delivered. And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and 10 horns and seven crowns upon his heads. And his tail drew a third part of the stars of heaven, and cast him to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was to be born. And she brought forth a man child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up unto God and to his throne. I'm going to stop right there and let Jimmy make a few comments. We're looking at the redemption plan uh, of God through the birth of Jesus Christ. I would like to just uh, just build on what James said real quickly first about the, where he said this is a parenthetical chapter. Uh, I'm a, I, I, I believe exactly the way James does on this from careful study. Uh, the most of what we call smart people, you know, that sell all the books. Oh yeah, uh, they will. They will tell you that this is much like the case of Genesis one and Genesis two, where we have the what yep. happened in chapter one, and then all the details in yeah. chapter two. No, yeah, and they, they'll look at this this way. They'll say that we get up, we get up to chapter eleven, and then then God just gives us more details about what happened. But that is not true, and it can't be true. Because the seven vials have not been poured been out, out yet. God's so we're wrath. still on a timeline. But what he does is he stops in Revelation 12. Uh, you, you could consider Revelation 13 also because he just gives some, some stuff about the beast, but he doesn't talk about the timeline of the beast. Right. Then chapter 14 with the martyrs in heaven. Chapter 15 uh, and then we get up to chapter 16 where we got the, where we got the, the vile judgments. And so these are parenthetical chapters. Yes, God is explaining things, but he's still on the straight timeline through the tribulation. Right. So don't, don't be steered astray because these are not a restatement of things that are already stated. There are things in chapter 12 that appear nowhere else in the Bible. That's right. Um, the, uh, uh, the other one thing I want to say is that, that I, we, we know we got these verses. We know that there were no chapter divisions. There were no verse designations. And I've always felt like the last verse of chapter 11 actually belonged with chapter 12 because uh, a lot of times when things happen in the Bible, there are earthquakes and thunderings and big noises and the yeah. world is shaking and things are happening. And that's the deal at the end of chapter 11 where it says, and the temple of God was opened in heaven and there was seen in his temple the ark of his testament and there were lightnings and voices and thunderings and an earthquake and great hell and there appeared. I, just, I, think it's, I think it's a continuum, even though this is a parenthetical explanation chapter. And a part of the thing is to explain it to John so he can write it yeah. down to the Apostle John. Uh, the Catholics, our Catholic friends, believe that the woman that is clothed with the sun is Mary. Yeah. And that uh, the child is the baby Jesus. And uh, that... Uh, that, that Jesus ascended into heaven. And of course, the, the Catholic Church believes in the, the bodily ascension of Mary yeah. into heaven. And so this is, a, this is where they get that from. Of course, uh, uh, being not of the catechism, we don't believe that. Sure. <laughs> this is, has to do with Israel. And the reason it's so hard for most people to understand why this has to do with Israel 
and not with the church is because, have you ever heard the term systematic theology? Yep. Your pastor has several sets of systematic theology in his office. Josh has, uh, has uh, compendiums of systematic theology. It would be 10, 15, 20 volumes of theology. And it's a template that everything has fit. And you go in the table of contents and you'll say, you look it up and you'll say the nature of Christ or the nature of the Holy Ghost, the nature of sin, soteriology, that's how you get saved, all these things. But you know what you won't find in any of them? You won't find a doctrine of Israel. It's true. It's true. Because we get this from the Catholic Church who taught that, that the church has replaced Israel. Israel doesn't have anything to do with anything. God has no more plans for Israel. And all of the daughters of Rome uh, in the Reformation, they carried that baggage along with them. But that's not what the Bible teaches. And Before we went any further, I wanted to make plain that this is about Israel. It's not about the baby Jesus. That's right. And there's a lot of people that will argue the fact, well, Israel's a pagan place. You know, over there, it's a tourist trap, and it's a pagan place, and they're not serving God, and they're living in sin, and true. And they're religious, and they're not connected to the true Messiah. That's right. And they'll argue the fact, well, you know, there's no way they're God's people. It's not about them. It's about God. Their connection isn't they are connected to God. Their connection is God's connected to them. Right. The promise he made to Abraham and the promise he made that Israel would never be destroyed, that Israel would be brought out and, and redeemed by the, by the mighty hand of God. So it's not, about, it's not about how good Israel is, and it's not about how good you are. You're not so hot yourself. You know that, don't you? And Israel is kind of separated, and they're not serving God. But one day they will, and God's going to come down and take care of that mess. Amen? What work must we do that we might be saved? Yep, yep. <laughs> people fall into that. I also want to point out the last uh, uh, verse of chapter 11 that uh, Jimmy brought out. Your seven-day Adventists believe that this great hell is the total destruction of planet Earth. And then they pick up chapter 12 as another version of Revelation. And they believe that during the, when the devil is bound for a thousand years, and uh, there's a thousand year reign, they say that's not Jesus reigning, that's the earth is totally annihilated for a thousand years, and Satan is in the bottomless pit. And, uh, you know, you get into trouble when you start trying to make the Bible say what you believe. Amen. You don't go to the Bible to, to prove what you believe. You go to the Bible to find out what you believe. And the book of Revelation flows like a river. You can't just cut it in pieces. It has a beautiful outline, the things which is, the things which uh, are, and the things which shall be. I was going to just bring that up because this, 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 this is the angel talking to, to, to John and showing him these visions. And the first, one of the first things that Jesus told him there on the beach on the Isle of Patmos, he says, I'm going to show you the things that were, the things that right. are, and the things Verse that are 19, to come. Chapter 1. I'm he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I'm alive forevermore. <laughs> right. Amen. So the, the book of Revelation is divided up very clearly. The first chapter, the things which thou hast seen, second chapter and third chapter, the things which are, that's you and I, the things that shall be hereafter, the church after the church caught up, chapter four and five, and then the great tribulation period begins. Don't let anybody tell you the great tribulation doesn't begin until three and a half years later. The, the one uh, week covenant there with the Antichrist is part of the great tribulation. Uh, even though it's not as intense, but don't be fooled into thinking the first three and a half years, nothing's going on. The first three and a half years, the Antichrist is reigning, yes, and they'll be crying, peace, peace, but there won't be no peace. The first three and a half years, there's going to be starvation, there's going to be war, there's going to be bloodshed, there's going to be diseases, there's going to be earthquakes, going to be uh, uh, tragedies everywhere. So don't get it in your head, well, it's just going to happen the last three and a half years. No, yeah. it begins at the time that the Antichrist makes a covenant with Israel for one week, which is seven years. And that's right. when it begins. It begins to... 
He the just avalanche. reaches the peak and the height of his power at the three and a Toward half year end. mark. Well, when he declares himself as God, yeah, you know, yeah. and and shows himself in the temple. Uh, but you know, is this a is this a, are we at the spot where we we want to talk about Joseph? Well, what I I, I want to just point out first of all, Revelation chapter twelve one and two is God's redemptive uh, plan uh, through a man child. Then in uh, chapter, or verse 4 and 5, chapter 12, you see the devil's great fall. And then in uh, verse 5 of chapter 12, and you find the man-child. And then in Revelation 12, verse 7 and 9, you find war in heaven and the devil is cast out. And then in verse 10 and 11, you find salvation in its completing stage. Now you can begin. Well, I was just going to say that, that if we, we look at this talking about Israel, and, uh, of course, the verse in here says that in verse, uh, in verse 6, when the woman flees into the wilderness where she has a place prepared of God, that they should feed her there for a 1,203 score days. That's three and a half years. Uh, we believe that it's going to be in Petra, which used to be Idumea, which is modern-day Jordan. In Jordan. And, and that's the it, last part of the great And it's there. That's going to be the last, the last half. And then at the last part where Jesus, where they will be hiding out, and God will be protect, excuse me, protecting a certain amount of them supernaturally because of his promise for the remnant, you know, which we find in Isaiah and Jeremiah. But if we look at this as Israel, you know, the thing that makes this so apparent to me is that it is actually the fulfillment of a dream that Joseph had. And, and if we go back to chapter 37 of Genesis. Verse 9. Verse 9. Joseph dreamed yet another dream. So when you look at verse 1 and verse 2, you see, uh, just to put it in plain vanilla, the great wonder of heaven is God's plan. The woman is Israel. The sun and the moon uh, under her feet would be Jacob and, and uh, his wife. Uh, the 12 stars would be the 12 tribes of Israel. The man-child, uh, the woman travailing in birth would be Israel. She has a baby before she's delivered. She has the baby. And there appears another wonder, and, and the dragon tries to crush it. Share that scripture. And says that in Joseph, in verse 5, it starts, it starts, and Joseph dreamed a dream. Verse 5 of 37. And Joseph, right before that, it says his brothers hated him so bad they couldn't even speak peaceably unto him. Uh, if you lived in a big family, maybe you experienced that. I don't know. And Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it to his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. And he said unto them, Here, I pray you, this dream which I have dreamed. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheave arose, and also stood upright. And behold, your sheaves stood round about and made obeisance to my sheaf. And his brethren said to him, Shalt thou indeed reign over us, or shalt thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams and his words. And he dreamed yet another dream. And he told it his brethren and said, Behold, I've dreamed a dream and more. And behold, the sun and the moon and the 11 stars made obeisance to me. And he told it to his father and to his brethren. His father rebuked him and said unto him, What is this dream that thou hast dreamed? Shall I and thy mother and thy brethren indeed come to bow down ourselves to thee to the earth? And his brethren envied him, but... His father observed the saying. That remembers. Uh, that reminds me of Mary. You know, when the shepherds went and told her, so she kept all those things yeah. in her heart. Didn't know what they all meant, but she she remembered all that stuff. And it, the the sun and the moon and and the stars making bowing down before him. This is what happens here in chapter twelve. Mary, uh, the woman is Israel. Uh, the stars. Or, or, or like, like the the, uh, the father and the the father and the, the the mother, like where he says you're going to bow down to your father and mother. It's it creates a picture where to me it, it, it proves conclusively that that it doesn't have to do with baby Jesus. It has to do with Israel. 
Yeah, yeah. But Israel brought forth baby Jesus. Right. The Messiah. That's the man child. That's the man child. So you look at the you look at the uh, sun, which would be Jacob, the moon, which would be his wife. I realize there was Leah and Rachel. Uh, notice the Bible is so clear that in Genesis it says eleven stars minus Joseph. But in here in Revelation 12, it says 12 stars. So see, Jacob is giving it. So uh, Joseph is giving the dream 11 stars, which Joseph is not included in it because he's the one showing a type of Christ. Joseph is a type of Christ. So here in chapter 2, um, chapter 1, rather, in Revelation 12, he comes up with 12 stars. So we know that the 12 stars is the nation of Israel, yes. the 12 tribes of Israel. The, the moon is the Jacob's wife. The sun is Jacob. The woman is Israel. The nation Israel uh, bringing forth a man child. And the 11 star fulfillment happened when his brethren, when he finally got all the brethren to Egypt, when they went back and they got Benjamin and brought him back, then you had the 11 bowing down to Joseph, even though they didn't know it was Joseph they were bowing down to. It's true. So you had the literal fulfillment of the 11 bowing down. Now you have the literal fulfillment of the 12. And it just, it just, it's so symmetrical. It's like a mathematical equation. To God's redemption through a man-child is through God brought Abraham, made a nation out of Abraham. Israel comes into being through a Gentile who Abraham is circumcised, becomes the father of Israel. You got through Jacob, the 12 tribes of Israel, and then out of the 12 tribes of Israel comes Judah. the law of God. And then from that, the Israel comes the birth of Jesus Christ to a virgin Mary. And Jesus is to rule the nations with a rod of iron. Satan is trying to kill him. The great, um, the great Herod, Herod the Great, which he gave his, he gave his name himself, Great Herod. <laughs> uh, great Jimmy, Great James. But anyway, uh, Herod called himself the Great Herod. And he tried to kill Jesus in the account of Matthew chapter 2 and, and Luke. The account, actually it's Matthew chapter 2. Uh, Herod tried to kill Jesus when he was a year and a half, two years old. And uh, then the devil tried to kill him all along in his ministry. And then now the devil's trying to kill Israel, destroy Israel, because Israel's where the Messiah came from. And Israel, he's been trying to destroy Israel ever since Genesis 3.15. Because there are two seeds, remember? There's the seed of the woman... And there is the seed of the serpent. And, and, and the, the devil has historically, he was trying to kill Israel before there was an Israel to prevent the birth of the Savior. That's right. Uh, I mean, you, just, you just look at it. Look at, look at all the shenanigans that happened in chapter 6 of Genesis where, 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 where he found Noah faithful in his generations and destroyed the whole world and just kept them. And then, and then look at how Pharaoh tried to kill all of them in bondage and tried to keep them sure. from leaving. Uh, and all the way through, look at all the countries round about them when they would sin and they would be put under the pressure of the Canaanites and the Midianites and the Jebusites and the Moabites and they would have to fight these wars. Even after they became a kingdom, everybody wanted to kill them. Uh, when they went into captivity, the, the, when Judah went into captivity, remember Haman. Haman was trying to kill all the Jews that were in Persia in the whole right. deal. They were trying to kill all of them. And it, on down through time, we, they've always been trying to kill the Jews. And it's all because of Satan because he wants to destroy the people of God. And in his warped mind, if the nation of Israel is dead, which is one of the reasons that Jesus is coming back so that he can rule on the throne of his father David right. and rule with a rod of iron for a thousand years, if there are no Jews left in Satan's mind, well, then that might prevent Jesus from returning. 
Sure. Because yeah. there wouldn't be any reason for him to turn because all the Jews are dead. He will keep trying to kill every Jew on earth. But God has promised in the book of Jeremiah, I will leave a remnant. And to James's point earlier about Judah being uh, Jerusalem and, and Israel being in the land and them not being in faith, them not believing, that doesn't matter. He draws a distinction in the book of Jeremiah where he says there's going to be a believing remnant and there's going to be an unbelieving remnant. And after 70 years, enough of them will come to believe in me that they'll want to come back. Right, right. So he makes a distinction there. So, so just, because, just because they don't think about Lot. I'm just going to say Christian because that's our common terminology. He didn't look like a Christian. He didn't act like a Christian. He didn't talk like a Christian. I know that guy. He, <laughs> he didn't walk like a Christian. But the angels could not destroy Sodom until they took Lot out of there because he was a just man, according to Peter. Same way with the catching way of the church. Yes. Ver, uh, verse 3 talks about the wonder in heaven, a great red dragon. If you read down through chapter 12, you'll find the great red dragon is Satan. His images of who he is, he's the devil. The great red dragon, he started out as a serpent, now he's a great red dragon. Notice on his head is, is 10 horns, which is the 10 league of nations, or, mm -hmm. where they, they join together to form a league of nations during the great tribulation. The seven crowns is the leaders of kings during this time. One of those crowns will be mortally wounded. They'll come back, what the Bible refers to in eight. That connects you back to uh, what brings you to Revelation 13. So we're not in that right now, but I'd like to talk about the devil's fall. Uh, verse three, or verse four and five, and his his tail drew a third part of the stars of heaven, did cast him to the earth. This is a dragon. And the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered, for to deliver her child as soon as it was born. She brought forth a man-child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up as Jesus ascended back to his father and to his throne, and the woman fled in the wilderness. This is great tribulation. The last part of the great tribulation, Israel will flee from the Antichrist and go into the wilderness. And Jimmy brought out the fact that that would probably be Petra, uh, a, a, a rock fortress in Jordan. And we get, that, we get that from a verse in Isaiah where it's describing the victorious Christ returning from the battlefield with his garments drenched in blood at the head of a bunch of Jews, and he comes out of Basra, and that's where, that's where, that's the area of where we're talking about. Who is this that cometh out of Basra with his garments drenched in red? And so, there are some things in here too that that you don't think about until you, if you're reading, you, you skip over to chapter 16 and you see mystery Babylon the great. But behold, I, I saw a great beast. I saw it had seven horns and ten heads, and a woman rides the beast, and she was clothed in purple and scarlet and many crowns and all this stuff. This is where Satan was thrown out of heaven in verse three. But he looks like the woman that's riding the beast. Yeah. He looks like the beast that the woman is riding in chapter 17. Mystery Babylon the Great. So the dragon we're sure is Satan. Oh, we're yeah. positive of that. A lot of people argue the fact, how about the man-child? Is the man-child really Jesus? There's some Bible scholars that believe the man-child was the 144,000 Jews. Hello? A man-child, not 144,000 men-child. It's one <coughs> man-child. But just to lay that to rest, because you're going you're gonna to have people say, well, the man-child is the, not Jesus. Uh, let's just put that to bed. And, and we can do that with Psalm 2, verse 9. This is the coming of Christ in, verse, in Psalm 2. Verse 9, thou shalt break them with a rod of iron, speaking of Jesus. Thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Then we can go to Revelation chapter 19, verse 15. Jesus is coming back with the church, with the saints of God. 
And the Bible says in verse 15, And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and shall rule them with a rod of iron, iron, and treadeth out the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of Almighty God. Bang! That is Jesus. The man-child is Jesus Christ. No doubt. And the woman is Israel. No doubt. The dragon is the devil. No No doubt. doubt. So it's pretty clear. I want to say something about uh, uh, the fall of Lucifer. The fall of, a lot of people think that, well, Lucifer's going to fall in the great tribulation. No, Lucifer's already fallen. He's already fallen. In fact, here's what Jesus Christ, when he sent the 70 out to heal the sick and and perform miracles. Jesus Christ, after sending 70 out, in Luke chapter 10, verse 17 and on, it says, And the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. And Jesus said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning Lightning fall fall from from heaven. heaven. Just a little streak of lightning, gone, over. Behold, I give unto you power to tread upon serpents, scorpions, over all the power of the enemy, Nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding, in this rejoice not that your spirits are subject, that these spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. So Satan has already been cast out. I mean, he's been flipped out like a lit cigarette butt out of heaven. Fall to the earth. And I don't know what all happened when he hit the earth. Some believe that's the gap theory, and I'm not getting into that. But anyway, Lucifer fell, and he roams the earth. And he still has access to heaven. Yes. Lucifer still, because he accuses the brethren day and night. But there's coming a day. There's coming a day. <laughs> coming a day. And so Lucifer's been cast out. We still got to contend with him. We still... Got to mess with him, but thank God the Bible says, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. That's what Jesus Christ said. And you can rejoice that your name is written down in heaven. Amen. Amen. Now, there is war in heaven. And in the great tribulation, Satan will be literally cast out from heaven permanently. In other words, right now he has access. We see that in the book of Job. Did you read that part yet? We haven't got there. Verse 7 and 9. Read, uh, go ahead and read verse 7 through 9. And there, is, and there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels. Now remember, there were, there were a third of the angels in heaven that sided with Satan. And they prevailed not, neither was their place found anymore in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Right. And that explains a lot of the satanic activity right now, and it would even be worse during the Great Tribulation. But let me point out something that you need to grasp a hold of, and you need to understand. A third of the stars, which is angels, by the dragon was pulled down. That was Lucifer's uh, uh, mutiny is 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 uh, uh, tearing down from God. He he managed to bring a third of the angels down. That leaves two thirds good angels. So to every bad booger man, there's two good ones that are holy angels of God. So don't get all stressed out. The more there'll be more be with us than be with them. Amen. So out of three angels. You know, only one angel out of three is a bad one. There's two angels that are holy angels of God, and they're and I think they're more powerful than any of them. They're they're incredible. And again, because of Satan's vanity, and and I've told you this before, I don't believe that Satan thinks he's a created being. I think that Satan actually believes he's, he's like a, God. He's insane. Yeah, he's crazy. He's insane. And uh, that's why he keeps doing stuff, even though on some level he's got to know that if it didn't work the other day, it ain't going to wait work today either, you know. But he's going to get to the point here where, where, uh, where when he's cast out, he's not going to be able to go back like he's always done and, and accuse Jimmy night and day. He's not going to be able to go in there and says, well, you know, look at Job, you know, if, 
uh, he, he only loves you because you, you made him rich or something like that. He's not going to be able to do that anymore. And he's going to get furious. And it says, that's going to be, then is going to be the worst persecution of the Jews since the beginning of time. Here's a good thought. When, when, when Lucifer was cast out and drawed a third of the fallen angels with him down, God sorted out the most powerful and put them in chains of darkness. Yes. God, you know, they, they perverted the earth during the flood and mingled with the daughters of men. And God put them in dark chains forever until judgment day. So God took the stronger ones and bound them. Great Euphrates bound them in outer darkness. So the devil's just got a bunch of uh, angels that's not very strong. They're, uh, I guess you would call them kind of like church hoppers, not very strong. They were heaven hoppers. Well, they were, they were like caterpillars. Come on, that's good preaching. They were heaven hoppers. Heaven hoppers, yes. Heaven hoppers. And they hopped too far and fell down the <laughs> fell, fell down to the earth. They fell between the chairs. They did. <laughs> actually, actually, Lucifer was cast out of heaven and fell in the choir loft. <laughs> um, I'm just kidding. <clears throat> Don't get all stressed out. Boy, I'm the opposite of stress tonight. <laughs> I'm in my element. I'm talking about what I like to talk about. I'm very happy. Um, it says, uh, it says, I heard, in verse 10, I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now has come salvation and the strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him. Y'all all say it with me. I know you know it. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. I think that's the problem, James. I think, I think too many of us love our own lives more than we love Jesus. Yeah. I think that happens to all of us sometimes. Well, verse 10 and 11 is actually the completing of the stage of salvation. In other words, Lucifer is totally removed. Now the accuser of the brethren is cast out. The blood's been applied. Um, we got it made as saints of God. Uh, our Father is a judge. Our Savior is a judge. And Lucifer is the prosecuting attorney, and he's a dud. <laughs> and our defender is Jesus Christ. <laughs> and what speaks for us is not our works. What speaks for us is the blood, blood of, of Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. Isn't that good? Amen. The blood of Jesus Christ. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. Amen. The word of their testimony, meaning saved. Yeah. And they loved not their lives even unto death. That is a powerful verse. Yes. I call that. You know, the devil is the accuser of the brethren, and I call the blood of Jesus, shut up blood. Shut devil, up blood, shut, shut up, up Satan. You know, it's like the devil, you know, he tries to say, yeah, yeah, but j j j shut up, devil, the blood, amen? And by the way, if you're accusing Jimmy or me or anybody else of something, you know what side you're on. You're not supposed to be an accuser. Amen? You're supposed to be an intercessor. As an evangelist, I heard, I think it might have been Junior Hill, I heard say this, the charges has been dropped. The charges are dropped. <laughs> Amen. And the judge is our father, and, the, and, the, and the, the lawyer is our Savior, Jesus Christ. And Lucifer, I mean, he's been thrown out of the courtroom. He's been shut up. He, he can't talk anymore. The accusing of the brother has been cast down. And thank God we're redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. But Isn't that good? These voices in heaven, whatever they are, they, they shout out a warning to the people that are on the earth. That's true. It says, Therefore rejoice ye heavens and ye that dwell in them, uh, because woe to, and, but woe to the inhabitants. Now who's in heaven right now? The church. That's right. <laughs> and the tribulation saints. We're in heaven right now. Uh, it says, Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil has come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. And I believe at that point, Satan says, Man, 
what God said was really true. I really did get thrown out of heaven. I can't get back in. I can't accuse him about Pastor Aikens anymore. That's right. They won't let me back in. So he's real mad, and then here it comes. And when the dragon saw that he was cast under the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man-child. And the church, the saints of the church will be with Jesus at this time. Yes. Tribulation saints will also overcome the devil by the blood, blood of, the, of lamb, the lamb, the word of their testimony, and they'll love not their lives even unto death. So there's there's not two ways of salvation. There's people that teach, well, you know, after the rapture, after the catch of the church, you can only be saved by cutting off your head. Well, that I got news for folks. There's going to be people who lose their head and still not be saved. You're not saved by works. You're saved by the blood of the lamb. You don't get saved a different way after the catching away of the church. You get saved the same way. In the Old Testament, you got saved the same way, by the blood of the lamb, looking to the coming blood, coming lamb of God. That's in the Old Testament. You yes. look to the coming of the Messiah, the lamb of God. Now we look back at the lamb of God that died on the cross, and if, the, if you're unfortunate to be a great tribulation saint, get saved in the great tribulation, you still look to the blood. You still put your faith in what Jesus Christ did. There's only one way to heaven. His name is Jesus Christ. Only one way of salvation through the blood of the lamb, faith in him. And like any other dictator, the beast, the antichrist and his, his minions, uh, they're going to be killing a lot of people who are not Christians or Jews. They're, they're going to kill anybody who doesn't obey what they do. And, and you know, you don't, you don't go to heaven by getting martyred. That's not Christianity. That's in Islam. That's the only way that a Muslim can be sure that he's going to go to paradise is if he, he gets martyred for Allah, that, that according to what they believe. But Jesus got that, martyred for us. Jesus got martyred Crucified. for us. In their religion, you die for your, for, for your God. In our faith, our God died for us. Let's wrap up the rest of this chapter. We have open discussion. But the dragon, verse 13, saw that he was cast to the earth. He's out of time. He persecuted the woman, that's Israel, which brought forth the man-child, that's Jesus, to the woman where we're given two wings of an eagle. Not sure exactly what that implies, maybe a military move, that she might fly into the wilderness, into her place where she is nourished for a time, that's one year, Times, two years, half a times, three and a half years. You say, how do I know about the times being a year, times two years, and a half a time, a half a year? How do I know that back in Daniel? You go to Daniel chapter 7, chapter 9, the times, times, and half a times. is three and a half years from the face of the serpent. And the serpent cast out his mouth, water as a flood after the woman, that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. I'm told that. Uh, Petra has massive floods at times, and the earth will open up and swallow the water, uh, protect her. The, the earth helped the woman. That's why I don't think it's military. I think it's an earthquake. The earth helped the woman. And the earth opened her mouth. That's pretty clear, an earthquake. Swallowed up the flood which the dragon had cast out of his mouth. And the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed. Actually, he kills um, two-thirds of Israel. Yes. And uh, there's one-third that's protected in the city of Petra. Well, I'm, and it doesn't have to be uh, Petra, the fortress city. If you've seen it, it's Rock City. In fact, it was so concealed that they didn't even discover it until, what was it, the 1600s? Yeah, it? it was, it was, it so was by accident. And even today, if you don't know it's there, you can't see it by air. Yeah. When you, so it's almost impossible to bomb. So anyway, we, um, we shared some things with you tonight. Oh, there's one way in and one way out. One way in, one way out. Amen. And uh, like I say, even if it's not Petra in, in Jordan. By the way, Jordan's not going to be part of the alliance against Israel. Right. Uh, that's very clear as you look at the places. So we're going to open up uh, for questions. Uh, here right now. Jimmy, you got anything else you want to say? I'm just, I'm just overwhelmed every time I read this stuff. Uh, it, uh, it, it, just, it just firms up everything else the Bible says. It relates back to Daniel. Uh, you will have people tell you that uh, 
that the, that the man-child, I just remembered this. There are a lot of scholars who will just tell you that the man-child was Hezekiah's child, Manasseh. I've heard that. Well, Hezekiah's wife wasn't a virgin because they had had a bunch of other children before old Manasseh came along. <laughs> and then when Hezekiah died and Manasseh became king, uh, he 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 reigned for fifty five years, and he was he was the devil's disciple for about the first fifty one of them. And then they he, may, then they he may got be, saved. <laughs> they they may be professors and theolo- theologians, but they're uh, biblical illiterate. Right. And so they what they want to do is they what people want to do today too, James, is they want they want to destroy the supernatural. Well, look, our whole faith is supernatural. Everything we believe in is supernatural. I mean, it's natural in the sense that it's real, but you can't see it and you can't touch it. But I guarantee you, based on John chapter 15, that that, that Jesus is sitting on one of these seats right here uh, observing what we're doing. You, you got, I hesitate to say Christian, you got religious organizations that teach that the book of Revelation has already been fulfilled up to chapter 19. Right. And that they're coming a general resurrection and, and the Lord will return. Question, has a third of the planet burnt to the ground? Has 150-pound hailstones come out of the sky? Uh, has a third of the planet died from sickness and disease or starvation? Have the, has, you know, has the, have the spirits, evil spirits been released from yeah, the bottomless pit? That's right. And has angels flew through the heavens and you better get it together. You're, you're toast. Huh? Now that's happened. Yeah, it's all in the future. And Jesus Christ was very clear that there was coming a tribulation, a time in which there has never been, nor will there ever be anything like it in the future. Your pastor and I believe that the Bible means exactly what it says. And when it says a thousand years six times in nine verses, it means a thousand years. It does mean a thousand years. It does mean a thousand years. All right. Question. You got a mic? Raise your hand if you got a question. We're not going to hold it open too long because we've run out of time. Jimmy talked too long. It's my fault. Okay. No, it's not your fault. I love listening to you, buddy. I love being with you. Great job. I sit here thinking when he's talking about all this. I don't know if I can get this worded right. But I'm sitting here thinking, the time we live in right now, we're so close to the coming of Jesus. Yes. We have so many churches in this land that are they're dead. They're not living for Christ. And the few that does, like this church, that really preach the word, I notice it's been attacked of people. I think my wife was attacked with breast cancer, a stroke. Bobby's been attacked. You've been attacked all the time, Carol. Gala was attacked and more. So my thought is the devil should know, like you say, he's defeated. His plan ain't going to work, but he's too stupid to realize it, I guess. James said he's insane. Yeah, so is his thought pattern, if I can come in and take out as many True Bible-believing Christians that pray and live for Jesus is his thought that that'll make it that that'll make more people that live on the other side even stronger. Is that is that his thought? I would just say, and, and I'll let James elaborate on this. I would just say that the devil can't do anything to us unless God permits it. The Bible says that concerning the Antichrist, Daniel, the prophet said, that the Antichrist, this man of sin, this little horn that's so hideous and so evil, will wear out the saints. And wearing out the saints is not the church. Wearing out the saints is the people that are great tribulation saints in Israel. And he'll try to wear out the saints. but to answer uh, Daryl's question, the church has always, you know, they've been burned at the stake by Nero. They've been beheaded. They've been fed to wild beasts in the Colosseums of Rome. Uh, the church has been under so much pressure in the past. It, uh, and, and Jesus Christ, you know, he, he said it's there's coming far worse. But we need to understand that the church grows under persecution. We grow under fire. 
The greatest church on planet Earth today in growth is in China. Right now, in China. Because the church flourishes under pressure. And God's people flourish under pressure. I don't like pressure, but pressure tends to tenderize our tough meat. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that another thing too, Daryl, is that... Uh, Maybe in Satan's mind, since he is crazy, maybe his idea is if he can weaken enough of us uh, through, uh, through sickness, through depression, through financial instability, through other disasters that we come up with in our, in our daily lives, uh, all the way down to you know rebellious children and, and, and grown-up children that have walked away from God, and he can get our mind off of serving Christ and on our problems. You see, that's a win for him, Daryl. There, there's nothing that Satan can do. There's nothing that this world can have happen to it that will take God's children's salvation away. Right. You're redeemed. You're redeemed for eternity. Right. And when someone comes down with cancer or they come down with, with a bad sickness, a heart, you know, needing a triple bypass or... Uh, sugar diabetes out of control, losing limbs, going blind. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a myriad of diseases. But we need to understand that Satan will use those diseases and he'll try to convince the one that's sick or the one. And I know what I'm talking about. I had a head on collision and almost died. And I know exactly what I'm talking about. That's when the devil will come to you and say, Yeah, remember what you used to do when you was a kid? Remember, God's mad at you. Remember, God's punishing you. Nothing be further from the truth. He's the accuser of the brethren. And you are not sick because God's mad at you. Right. If anyone in this room is sick, you're sick because your body is frail like the rest of us. And your sickness may be because your body's just frail. It's, it's misfiring. It's the problem going on. But thank God we got a healer. And we live in we a got, fallen world. We live in a fallen world. And, and so I'm convinced if God's going to touch someone, he'll just take them out. He'll just take them out immediately. Uh, so I don't think necessarily that sickness shows. Now, there are those that live sinful lives that they, they're bound by alcohol and drugs, and they're suffering because of that. But please hear me as a Christian. If you have a calamity in your life, a wreck, a sickness, a disease, don't think of yourself as a second-class Christian. You're not a second-class Christian. In fact, you're probably one of God's choice ones because he has, he has entrusted you to stand for him in your darkest hour. Amen. You're the tough one. You're the blessed one, not the one that's healthy. You are the blessed one. And that God is putting all of his trust in you that you will not collapse. We are more than conquerors. Yeah. yeah, we're more than conquerors in Christ. Yeah, I know like you were saying that, you know, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony and love not our lives even unto the death. And yet I see how the enemy's working. And, and all of us see in this day and age where we're seeing and living and what happened to Israel, what, what's going on across the world, how the enemy has stirred up the world because we know that that's what's going to stir the enemy to go against Israel with the world. And, and that's those that aren't saved, those that aren't delivered, those that aren't praising and seeking and, and looking for the Messiah. They're following the enemy to that battle that'll take place in Israel. And for me, it's an exciting thing because... You know, when God says, we see this day approaching, look up for our redemption draweth nigh. But is that not what we're seeing today in, yes, in, in sure. this deal with Hamas and the deal with Hezbollah and the deal with our universities coming up and, and praising, you know, Hezbollah well, and Hamas? Well, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, it was Hamas that attacked Israel on October 7th, but in just, uh, uh, in, in, uh, just a little less than... Uh, a little less than three months, be three months on the 7th of January, uh, he, he, Satan has got the whole world hating Israel. Right. So, you know, and that's, that's in less than three months. And you, you've got to understand, too, that the great tribulation, the outpouring of the wrath of God, the trumpets, the vials, the seals, and all the 
woe, the judgments of God upon the earth. It's not on Israel. It's mm. on the ungodly world. It's on the whole world. It's going to be the whole world. The judgment isn't just to Israel. Israel's going to be judged for picking the wrong Messiah, rejecting the Messiah. They're going to be judged for that. But hear me. Enoch said he comes with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment. And yes. he lists ungodly, ungodly, ungodly. And so when God comes down to bring his wrath on the earth, he's not bringing it to Israel. He's bringing it to the world. Yeah. And he's bringing his wrath upon the world. Yes. I got a question uh, on verse 17 that we read. And the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed. Would that remnant there be the Jews and the other countries. Because... To me it says Jews anywhere. The Jews that flee to Petra are the remnant. They are the remnant. They're the third that escapes, right? Because there's two thirds get... But there's a... Again, I described to you a delineation that Jeremiah makes when he with the coming captivity that's still about eight years in the future when he says this. But he delineates a believing remnant and a non-believing remnant. And I think that the believing remnant would, would also apply to any Jew anywhere because the Antichrist is going to try to seek them all out. Isn't he, James? Oh, yeah. Well, exactly. that was my question. Could they be the Jews scattered around the world yeah. instead of it? That's what it was could my be. question. But God is trying to bring all the Jews in one place. So if he can bring them into one place, he can protect them. Right. And he can guide them. And I think that's what's behind the mic. I'm sorry. Happened until the seven years are over. I agree. Right. I agree. Yeah. I agree. But I agree. if you if you look at the if you look at the migration right now, uh, before this war started and took away our attention, uh, uh, Israel is having record numbers of people moving out of Europe and coming back to Israel. Well, one reason they're going to Israel is because the whole world hates them. Right. They need to go to their family. They go back to Israel because the whole world hates them. <coughs> And, and America is not too friendly to them. You know, there, there's people everywhere. So they're going to be gathered back to Israel even more as we see the day approaching. But in answer to your question, it's, it's any Jew anywhere. Yes, I believe it is. Yeah. Yes. And speaking of the remnant, the Jews, would that also include the Gentiles that are grafted in and have become the children of God as well? The or tribulation is it saints? Strictly just just Jew and not Gentiles. I'm going to let James deal with this first because the, the scripture is not specific on that one point. Well, it's not, and it's a good question, but I, I'm, I'm convinced that it's about the Jew, not the Gentile. And the reason I, I say we as a church, we've been grafted into Israel. Uh, you know, we're, the Gentiles have been grafted in. I think the tribulation saints that come to Christ are a different kind of creature altogether. I believe they're a different program and so i'm not sure that it's kind of like i don't know but anyway sometimes I remember i told you jewish people either the last time or the time before last is that sometimes we have to say i don't know because the scripture's not specific that's on true. that that's true i mean i know that um you know uh, the woman that um uh said i even the dogs will eat the crumbs you know, because yeah, she wasn't a Jew, she was, yeah, um, and uh, and so the Lord, Jesus had mercy upon her, whatever she needed, I can't remember what she needed, um, and so, you know, I he, would never, he doesn't see us as dogs, no. right, but I just figured, you know. And we should never limit the mercy of Christ. Yeah. I yeah. may not know what he's going to do with the tribulation saints, but I promise you he does. We'll be we'll we'll be we'll be in that uh, Sunday morning the Phoenician one. We'll be in that this coming Praise Sunday morning, God. In that chapter fifteen of Matthew. But uh, please hear me. The church of Jesus Christ, when the rapture takes place, it's completed. It's done. Yeah. It's in heaven. And God's not gonna rapture half a bride. Going to rapture all his saints that are born again Christians, that is his bride. When he raptures us up to be in the presence of the Lord, the other tribulation saints are totally a different creature, different area. Bobby. You know, 
What a strong voice. Praise God. Amen. Heal. I wonder tonight about every person in here. Being in the ministry as long as I have, associated with a lot of America and Canada, the thing that's going to take you and me through this world is our faith. That's right. We have got to maintain a strong faith. True. The Bible says in Isaiah, if you do not stand strong in your faith, you're not going to stand at all. That's right. Stand strong. Stand and see the salvation of the Lord. And then, Hallelujah. under my conditions, I'm just speaking for myself here. When they pronounce that you're in stage four of an undetectable sickness, it is a silent death. Yes. But through Christ, it is a living miracle. Yep. It is a living miracle that's going to be performed. Yes. And yep. my mind goes back to Brother Aikens in his message. They've been keeping me alive at home on those recordings. We need miracles in this church. We do. Yes. Not only myself, but the little lady that gave a testimony. And there's others here. We need miracles, not yep. only for this church, but to represent Christ in this community. Yeah. I want you to listen. Just if you happen to get weak and you don't like what people tell you, especially doctors, <laughs> I've had them to already prophesy over me yeah. of death already, different ones. But they don't know the Christ like you and I know him. That's true. I want you to listen to this last verse, and I won't take any more of your time. Stop trusting in man who has but a breath in his nostrils. Yeah. Boy, you're talking about bringing something to my heart. Stop trusting in man who has only a breath in his nostrils. Yeah. Amen. Amen. That's good. We love you, Bobby. <laughs> Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory of him that overcometh the world, even our faith. Yeah. Amen. Amen. We're going to have to quit because, we, we, I mean, you guys got to get home and watch that ball come down. <laughs> we don't, we don't want to bore you. We want you to go home and be bored. Hello. Praise God. I'm going to bed. That ball can do what it wants to. I really don't care. I'm going to bed. But uh, I would like to have some pizza or something, you know, with jalapeno, Frito dip, bean dip. You know, I prayed about this, but I'm not wrong because I looked it up on the Internet. They... <laughs> That's right. <laughs> always right. But... I remembered a treat from when I was young. Is the is the original Frito Lay bean dip, you know, original flavor. Oh, I bought yeah. a can of it. I brought it home, and it didn't taste the same. And I think, why does it not taste the same? Did you know that it is now made with corn oil instead of lard? Oh yeah, and you gotta have the lard. Without the lard, you lose the texture. Yeah. It, it just, it just kind of, you have to stir it up like, like that oily peanut butter, you know, and the taste is different. And I'm telling you, I'm not buying it anymore. I threw it in the trash. Jimmy, some of that food you put on Facebook and pictures of food makes me want, makes me want to go on a diet. I like to cook. <laughs> some of that food you put on Facebook, they're going to censor you. You're going to be thrown off of Facebook. There is a little oriental person inside of me wanting to come out and cook everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right here. Yeah. 
The man's talking here. <laughs> I tell you what, Jimmy. I don't care what kind of food you have. When you do without four months, I'd love to eat your diet. <laughs> We're praying that you can eat, Bobby. We're praying that you can eat. Yes, we are praying that you can eat. We're praying that you can eat and drink, and that old cancer, it's cursed, it dies, it withers away. We believe in healing in Jesus' name. What did, it, what did it say when they came from all over and they came all over, over Syria and, 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 and all over Jordan and they came and, and it says that they, and he healed them all. All. And all. Per, the Bible says he perfectly healed them. All. All. Yeah. Not yeah. some. But we need to speak it. You know, I, I was praying this morning and um, the Lord, you know, says nothing shall be impossible to him that believeth. And the Bible says that what you say to the mountain, you know, whatever you say to the mountains, it should obey you. And uh, the, uh, uh, the tree that Jesus cursed, the fig tree, that if you say unto the mountain, it shall obey you. And the Lord spoke to me and said, that doesn't say that whatever I say, it says whatever you say. Yeah. 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 Amen. Yeah. Amen. I said, whoa. Yeah. 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 It doesn't say what God says. It says what you say in God's will. Amen. And by faith, you say, and God backs up what you say because Amen. you're his child. Amen. Isn't that beautiful? Amen. Jimmy, we got to quit. I hate quitting. You hate quitting? Yeah. But it's okay. I remember your sermon the other night when you said uh, disconnect. Yeah. Disconnect. Disconnecting. That was Wednesday. Yeah, Disconnecting. That's right. Disconnect. They can't live if you disconnect the cancer. It's got to stop. It can't feed on you anymore. What awesome. Did, what did you say? Dried up from the root. It will dry up from the root. And it doesn't say whatever God says. It says what you say. And so we need to be a positive confessing person. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, we got to quit. We're glad that you came. Uh, I, know it's, I know it's not midnight yet, but you go home and be bored. We're having fun. And I don't want to ruin a good night, so you go home and be bored. I'm going to go home and go to bed. After I eat at Taco Bell. If they're open by the time we get done. Did you learn anything? Bobby, it's so good to see you tonight. Amen. It's so good that God's healing Jimmy. Amen. Jimmy's going to have a procedure on Tuesday. And we're going to believe that they're going to go in there and say, whoa. Taken care of. Amen. And we just believe the Lord for good things. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, let's all stand. We'll be dismissed in prayer. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Lord, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your power. God, we thank you for healing Jimmy. We thank you, Lord, that he is healed by the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you for healing Bobby. He is healed in the name of Jesus Christ. Let his stomach bring forth fruit. Let his stomach bring forth hunger. Let him be able to eat and drink. Lord, we thank you for your nourishment and your grace. We pray for Don DeMay. We pray, Lord, for those that are struggling. We pray, God, that you continue to heal Nimrod. Begin to continue to heal those that are struggling. And, of course, uh, uh, Gala, Lord, that you heal her and finish the work in her. Lord, we thank you tonight for your goodness, your mercy, and we speak your wonderful blessing in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord.